Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to the How Do You Peel podcast. Today's episode was recorded back in December 2021. I was joined by my incredible cousin, Ed Grant, to talk about his experience suffering in silence for over 30 years with anxiety. He talks to us about how he has dealt with it in the past and, more recently, within the last year. He wrote about his experience in an article for The Telegraph where he said, I had a beautiful wife, happy children and a successful career, but inside I was crippled with anxiety. This article was released ahead of Men's Health Week last year and Ed opened up about his secret mental health struggles. Today, he endorses people to be open and honest about their personal struggles with mental health and to reach out for help because it has helped him so much since attending therapy and creating safe lifelines that he can rely on to help him when he is down. So without further ado, let's meet the wonderful Ed Grant. How are you feeling at the moment? You're feeling good. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling really good um, this week. <laughs> As you know, it's very up and down from what we've spoken to each other. It can be you can just have really bad days or really good days. And luckily this week, I'm having a, a really good week. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, um, I think it's weird. It's interesting, actually, the last couple of weeks, speaking to lots of people who are in the programme or, or just, you know, normal friends who, who suffer to some degree, actually, this time of year is a bit of a bugger. You know, it's that kind of turning point from autumn to winter. And, and you know, everybody's kind of looking forward to, to Christmas and everything. But at the same time, the days are shorter, the nights are darker, the mornings are darker. And it and it, 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 it certainly, for me, plays on my, plays on my mood and my anxiety um, and makes me want to hide away a bit. You know, it's that kind of nesting time of year. And, and yeah. that, as we all know, is, is pretty brutal for one's mental health because um, it's a lot easier to just sort of draw the curtains and, and hide behind the TV and wallow. Um, so I, I, like you, I had a couple of weeks um, where it's been very stressful work and, and that sort of turn of, of season yeah, hit me in the last couple of weeks. I just sort of, I saw, I felt myself hiding away a bit more. And yeah. I have to take note and go, okay, at that, that in as much as this is the hardest thing to stop yourself from doing it and going like you, like you've been doing to force yeah. yourself to go out to do some exercise, or even if it's just a walk, or even, you know, for me, it's, 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 it's kind of handy taking the kids to school and then going on to work afterwards because. Yes. It's, I have to do that. I can't rely on someone else to do it. And Chloe's going to university, whatever. And, and that kind of sets me up, right? All right, get out, do something. Yeah. At least there's a couple of people in the office who I can you know, at least have conversations with. Otherwise, if I was still working at home, I, I think I'd probably withdraw into the study and sort of hide away for it. Yeah. So it's that time of year. And I think a lot of people are suffering from it. And we all, you know, because of the pandemic, well, I can't speak for anybody else, but for myself, I certainly got used to um, being able to hide away. You know, I, you've known me for years, obviously, and I'm quite a social butterfly. Yeah. <laughs> so, but actually, um, I kind of enjoyed that side because it's oh, yes. made into my depression and my anxiety to to not have to be social and to hide away from it all. Yeah. Uh, so, so it, it's been a bit of an interesting process, I must say, since everything's come out and we're more, more open. I mean, I have a different lifestyle now than I did then, um, and I'm not commuting as much and all of that. But actually being the last time I went to London into a big sort of social scenario where I had to kind of do some networking for work and blah, blah, blah. You know, it was a real, it was a real fucking change. It's it was a challenge. Kind of yeah, it was like, wow, I, I, I don't know whether I can remember how to do this. It, it plays into my addictive side. So, okay, right, let's have a couple of drinks. That'll give me Dutch courage to get through that. And, yeah. and so, you know, it's a dangerous combination of... Um, it, it kind of reminded me of being way back when I was sort of 18, 19, 20, where that same scenario, so same sort of scenario happens when I wasn't actually that confident, but I give off an air of confidence by using whatever necessary to get that. And it, it was kind of going back to a little bit of, right, how do I get over these social barriers again? Yeah. Um, and thankfully it was only 
you know, it's because I really took the time. As you know, in, in January of spending some of my time to myself and really looking at these issues which have plagued me for 30 years um, and really address them properly, that I've, I've managed to come much more into a situation where I can deal with things now. Amazing to be able to get so far and reflect on so much and um, now be able to get into that position where you can deal with things. I think it's, it is a quite a powerful thing and it takes a lot of work and a lot of energy and effort and, yeah. and it's, it's something that you should be proud of yourself for, for doing those things as well, for being able to put that effort and work in because it is so easy to, as you said, stick in the study or, or just kind of, Get, take yourself back and pull yourself back and just lay I well when you've got kids it's not as easy but <laughs> <laughs> I I have had a few times or just I've just not been able to get out of bed yeah um it, it, when it hits hard yeah that is the inevitable I mean mine it's interesting because I, I I mean I suffer from uh acute anxiety disorder but also there's kind of a depression side on the other side so it depends what way it can hit. So when the depression hits, you're absolutely right. You know, there's there's sometimes where you just physically, it, it's amazing how your body goes into, um, you know, when you're ill, when you when you've got flu or whatever, when you're ill, your body knows it needs to rest and sleep and go down. It does exactly the same with depression. It just yeah. goes right. You need to log off. Anxiety is, uh, you know, a different kettle of fish, but just so exhausting. Yeah. Um, so you're very kind, and yeah, it, it it was. I think it was it was less. Um, I I was ready to do something about it, you know. And it sounds ridiculous after this long that yeah. it took me that long to get it. But I have I literally been white knuckling it for 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 that amount of time, my, most of my adult life and and beyond, um, without really. I knew it was all going on, and when it first hit, when I was sort of 18, 19, badly. Yeah. 18, 19, not 18, 19. Um, <laughs> when it first hit badly, um, you know, there was that reaction that I had to do something about it because it was so severe, the panic attacks, et cetera. But then yeah. once I dealt with that first bit, I realised I wasn't the only mad person in the world and and got that sort of catharsis and from, from that, which yeah. is incredibly important. And then moved on from there. Then because I realised it, then I just kind of hid it in the background and de dealt with it. You know, and it, you think it's like a small thing, but it's not. Uh, yeah. Two thirds of my brain was constantly being used to fight, fight that, to stop yeah. myself feeling or or just holding on for dear life. Yeah. Which in itself, you know, once once I finally started looking at this in January, I was like, Jesus Christ. I mean, it's no wonder I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, no wonder. It really is. You get, you feel exhausted. And, yeah. and that, that's when I, um, I kind of get an indication of when I need to, to take a bit of time for myself or take a bit of time to, um, to, to do certain things that help me uh, kind of ground myself is when I am absolutely exhausted and I haven't been doing like a lot, but I'm yeah. really, really exhausted. I'm like, why am I so tired? And it's like, yeah. oh, it's because you're, as you said, for you, two thirds of your brain is being brain. used to fight this. Really yeah, and it, and it, I mean, the, the mind, the human mind is unbelievable. It always blows me away because obviously there, there was a period during, um, I guess the last nine years have been a, a pretty eventful period of my life where we um you know we moved out of london we've had two babies chloe chloe was very ill after both um, yeah. really ill uh, with sepsis and so you know it, and we built a house and moved jobs so it was it's amazing how during that period there were times where i literally thought i was going mad at night you yeah know, i thought really i'm i'm not going to survive this but in the morning your head would click in because there was no other choice. Yeah, survival um, instinct. Yeah, I mean, and it's really interesting where where it used to be I'd be able to in those moments, I'd just be, I'd just shut off and, and hide away. But when, when you actually, your mind is like, you can't, it engages it, it into you. So, you know, if you're in the hospital and I'm having the baby and Chloe's still in the ICU and yeah, there was no other choice. And so your mind kind of, right, you need to survive this and get through. Um, 
so it's amazing it does that but there's always a repercussion yeah it always comes up for you so even if it's over that period of time and i think that was an interesting thing for me about lockdown is that was really my break yes it was kind of like suddenly everything the kids were they you know they got to an age where they're slightly more um uh, you know, they can slightly more look after themselves. There's, there's not that real worry of them being very little. Yeah. They've got a better uh, concept of things. Exactly. And they can understand what you're saying and get on with it and do their own thing. And um, and so, I, and, I, and because obviously I could uh, willingly go out and be more uh, proactive regarding work and, or, or anything like that, it kind of like, okay, I'm actually going to have to sit here and, uh, right, here we go. And my brain basically went, whoom, you know, there we go. Here's all of that 30 years, 35 years is going to come up and you're really actually going to have to address it, deal with it. Yeah. Um, which was, so it was kind of forced on me in a way, but at the same time, I did have to address it and go, right, here we go. You know, do I want to spend the next 40 years, fingers crossed, plus um, feeling like this. And, and, yeah. and I think that's a really important thing for me. The really important thing was I realised that I wasn't being present. Although I was I'd still being life of the party and I, although I was being great with the kids, great with Chloe and great with friends, yeah. for me personally, I, I realised that I wasn't all there because I was fighting all this and uh, uh, you know on the sideline. Really? So just being able to sit there and it, and it was so weird, literally... Two weeks into this course where I was, you know, really quite um, uh, intense therapy. Two yeah. weeks into it, I, I, I was obviously FaceTiming with my son and my daughter every day. And, and, uh, and you know, to, to see his reaction, because he's slightly older, yeah. even after that short period of time, because I'd sit with him and we'd play in his room over FaceTime, but I would be completely present yeah you know i wasn't thinking about oh god he's making a mess oh what are we going to do next oh how am i going to get down how am i going to sleep tomorrow what are we doing tomorrow? You know, all yeah. these billions of things that constantly go on in my head i was actually just sitting there and watching him and enjoying it and finding yeah. the joy in it. and he recognized that even over facetime wow that's amazing yeah i mean it really that you know still gives me goosebumps now but that yeah, was that giving me goosebumps yeah, that was that was the reason for all of this, you know, was to I came out of Christmas um and 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 realized that I hadn't I don't I couldn't even remember most of Christmas. Yeah. You know, and I was just like, Jesus, this is a waste. This is a real waste. I may be still functioning great in front of everyone else, but what I'm doing here is not giving myself the chance to watch my children grow up and have an amazing time. So yeah. that for me was the biggest the biggest thing that that was a life changer for me, and now it, it reminds me. Okay, this is why you're doing this. This is when, when it's hard. Okay, and you know, and when it's really hard, as you know, you you, you don't even think about this. You can't remember. Yeah. Doing it. You can't remember why why it's worth it. You're because you're struggling so hard. But yeah, just having that thing in the back of my mind and being able to talk to other people now. Um, and because I've opened up much more about it to to my family, yeah, an extended family, you know, that they recognise it, they recognise it more. They're asking more. I've got these. I talked about it in my article. These lifelines, yeah, are critical for people. No matter what level of anxiety or depression you have, having lifelines where you can literally just call up and either listen to someone else who it resonates with you and you can understand what they're going from or, or, or just blurb out and talk about your shit yeah. and have someone properly. Absolutely. Um, it, it's, it's just so important, isn't it? You know, that it's for me so is important. Having that connection, having that um, communication with people, because when you get stuck in your head and you're not having those lifelines, you don't have those abilities to talk to people and know that you can talk to people. It you it really does kind of mill over so much and you get really, really overwhelmed with everything. Or it's just like you're, as you said earlier, you're in complete survival modes going from here yeah, to exactly. there to here to there whatever and you're not actually being present in what you're doing yeah. and that that um connection that you have on these lifelines that you did you spoke about it's it, it's amazing to have that ability to be able to then listen to somebody else and then 
them listen to you and and be comfortable in that situation. Yeah, and I think I, you know, I, I arrogantly thought that, that I was, you know, there's this weird part of depression and anxiety that you, you, you know, you do think you're the only one originally. Absolutely, you, know, you always think you're, think you're, you're the only one. Like this. Yeah. And that for me was a massive big deal to realize that wasn't the case. That for me when I was younger. Yeah. But then it kind of evolved and changed over the years. And I sat and I went back to thinking I was the only one. And, it, and there's this sort of arrogance that I, I found myself, which I had to catch myself up in January, that I didn't give people the opportunity to to even show me that they could, that we could talk about it, you know? And yeah. I, I feel quite bad in, in I mean, with my mother, who, who actually is a very open person, and, and I could have always spoken to her about it, and yeah. did when I was 19, 20, 21, but then thought that she couldn't handle it now. You know, yeah. that, that, that was that. And then with my father, who, who's amazing, who's a very good leader, and my brother and my, and my older sister. So it all sort of, you know, this this sort of me thinking, well, I've got to do it by myself, and they won't get it if I talk to them about it. Yeah, It's not really about even them getting it. It's, uh, it's about me talking about it and yeah. sometimes the things they say suddenly I'm like oh fuck you know what that does resonate and yeah. I do when I've gone through that and actually I might be able to help with that yeah and god it was such a and I'm very very lucky that I have my best friend Will he lives in LA but we speak daily yeah who you know who, who is my other life blind then I can do that through and be completely honest with the vice versa and it's you know, those those are the things that, as you were talking earlier, the sort of things that I do now that keep me in check and keep me um, keep me going. And it's very easy. It is very easy to uh, suddenly get in your head and go, "There's too much going on for them." You yes. know, when you hear them saying, "Oh God, I've got this going on, going on," I can't bother them. I couldn't, shouldn't, I shouldn't yeah. talk about the problems. Yeah. And that that is really easy to do and really dangerous. You know, you have Absolutely. to do. That actually right i can hear your problems i need to talk about mine as well and we need to go back and forth yeah um, i'm really bad at, you know especially with will who's an incredibly busy guy and i'm really bad at going okay well I'll just, i've got to leave him to it because he's too busy yeah and then it all builds up and suddenly you have one conversation that lasts for four and hours it all flirts you're out. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like oh my gosh everything yeah, is Well, that's like going to therapy, though. Um, I don't know for you with this course that you did. Maybe you could talk a bit more about the course and what it's called. Um, But with this course that you you did, it must have been absolutely exhausting when you first because it's so intense, this the therapy and and even like I struggled trying to find a therapist. I, I went to three different therapists before I found my therapist um and it must and I only did that once a week and that was exhausting whereas for you you we went into such an intense environment doing it you were there fully no it was I mean for me it had to be I mean I think the weird thing is for the, the stage of my life especially with the with the kids and with Chloe and with you know, I, I like to take on a lot of responsibility for everyone else, even yeah. if they don't want it. You know, unfortunately, that's the stupid thing that I do and I've always done, which I think is to really not have to deal with my own yeah. head, my own thing. So I take on everyone else's. Anyway, it, for me, it was that thing where, speak. so when I spied, I went into a clinical promise in London um, where there, these, uh, there are three or four counsellors who specifically deal with extreme anxiety disorder, which, so I kind of knew that, that was the right area to go. Um, but for them, they were like, listen, the, 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 the way to do this, the only way to really deal with this, you have to be selfish. Yeah. You have to be selfish for the first time for this period of time to actually discommunicate your brain with everything else and just concentrate on it getting your better because because I was slowly slowly going down more more and more downhill and yeah. not being able to be a good friend or a good father or a good husband so it was about taking that decision okay I'm going to do this and I'm going to be selfish about it I'm going to throw everything into it my absolutely everything and be completely open but you are absolutely right I, I had no idea just how exhausting it would be and you know you were going from one-on-one counselling sessions, um, you know, pretty much all morning to then group therapy pretty much all afternoon, some sort of interspersed 
with speciality subjects and but you know a, a pretty much nine till five on and off with breaks for lunch of of so analyzing yourself and doing lots and my god it would get to 5 30 and i'd eat in full straight sleep yeah know, at the start it was difficult you know and the uh, and I found sleeping very difficult, but yeah, you're uh, just mentally and physically over. Yeah, but it, it's amazing how much it takes out of you. But and and that was, you know, that is, I was very very fortunate enough to be able to do that to give myself a kickstart. But it yeah. by no means, you know, you know what it's like. This is this is not something that changes overnight or over a month or over a year. It's, yeah, it, it, it you know the difference is absolutely remarkable. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I, you know touch wood we're not really touch wood I, I, I do it properly I am anxiety free uh, to the extent of what I was going through the, the extreme reactions um, on the same on the on the other side of the coin to that is is I understand that's not going to be forever and it's it's not like that but it's more yeah. of a case of I understand it so if and when I feel it and of course I feel it every every day every week slightly on the curves or okay yeah. you'll be it's about going okay that's all right and you know it is all right these, these this is actually your own body's reaction a normal reaction to these sort of situations most people just don't um engage with that anxiety and it becomes overwhelming you know, the, your fight or flight is the reason why anxiety comes up it, it comes up you as a reaction to these scenarios and yeah you know, uh, and I, and I can remember one of my therapists telling around to me like, the mountains of things I've gone through over the years. She was like, "Well, and, and you're here." And I was like, "Well, yeah, but it's been fucking hard, you know, yeah. fucking awful these times." But you but you got through that, and you're kind of like, "Ah, oh, shit, yeah, all right." So that's that is a good point. You know, yeah. I did it was as awful as it was. Um, we fought on through, you know, and, and that's I think that's something that has to be remembered I mean we have to give ourselves pride in the fact that uh, although it's tough and it can go to complete extremes at times we do get through it and each day is different and each day comes up and these are natural things which we can deal with and talk about and keep on going through it and and I feel very proud of the fact that now I know that and for me it's very much as and when of course these situations come up and and my mind will play try and play games on me I now talk about it and sit down and try and work my way through it and, yeah. and try to help other, others do the same, which is is part of the process, I think. You know, giving back is, um, you learn more about yourself as you're doing it, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it is such a powerful um, thing to be able to know how to deal with those with those times and and that's what you gain from therapy and from doing all, all of these different um different things is that they give you the tools that toolkit they give you the to build your toolkit to be able to approach the times when you're feeling that bit of anxiety that in the day that could not that used to blow up blow up blow up and get really really big and and now you can tackle it earlier on and see when it's starting um and i just think i think that's amazing for me i found the um i don't know whether it's the same for you but i found, I found i'm very lucky to be introduced to that sort of group therapy yeah you know, therapists my therapists are incredible and that is a big thing for me um but group therapy really you know it does make a difference i'm very lucky that i, I still speak to a couple of friends who I was in the, the program with who suffer from the same sort of anxiety and the same sort of issues, you know, and, and being able to, you know, sometimes just uh, log into a Zoom call with them talking and just listening. Yeah. It is, helps me massively, you know. That goes back to your lifeline thing, doesn't it? It's, uh, it's well, like yeah, being able to listen and talk and that's really amazing to have that communication with them. In terms of that, for, for you, what have you felt most proud of this year in that discovery of how you can approach and combat your anxiety? I think this sort of weird kind of being selfish about it and, and giving myself, I'm not good at uh, uh, of giving myself the time and, and doing that sort of self-love that everybody has to do. Um, yeah. And coming out of that, because it was a sort of selfish act, but at the same time I was doing it because I could see 
you know, really how bad I was getting. Um, and so to be good for the, for everybody else, to come out a strong person, I had to address it. But that um, being able to put my foot down and go, right, you know what, daily I do, I need to go for a walk by myself, sorry. You know, I've got to go and do that for, for my my own mental well-being and do it. Yeah. Or I need to go, I'm not doing putting the kids to bed tonight because I'm going to go and do a call with somebody who I know goes through the same thing or whatever it may be, that little bit of um, separating, because it's very easy to get completely absorbed by life and, and everything in it. And I'm, I'm very bad at you know, immersing myself in work and therefore only... Um, uh, you know, my head still being in work at eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock night, still doing emails or do, still doing that, or immerse myself with the with the children, just to or immerse myself with Chloe, just so I don't have to think about myself. It's yeah. very easy to do that because that is the easy way, or it's very easy to have a drink or a drug because those are the easy ways to quickly get away from how you're feeling and, and to what you think is relaxed or whatever. Yeah. So I think I'm most proud of being able to go, okay, I don't have to go down those routes and I don't have to do it that way. And I can spend that time to myself and I have to spend that time to myself to be able to be a better person and and not, you know, live in an absolute struggle that I was doing. Now, it doesn't mean that, as I said, you know, the last couple of weeks or last week, the the two weeks before that, that I'm not going to get depressed, that I'm not going to feel like shit, that I'm not going to want to get out of bed. Uh, but I think it's during that bit, you know, and sometimes, and I don't know whether you agree, but I'm, I'm sure lots of people won't, sometimes one has to wallow, you know, yeah. sometimes I have to spend a day in bed. I and I, I, you know, it's just sometimes I have to go, do you know what my body is telling me? Hold yeah. back that, and, and I have to do that. And But I'm going to address, I'm not going to allow that to continue. Yeah. Um, and I am going to address the, the, the next way of dealing with that and doing it. And, so for me, it's that self-awareness. Absolutely. It's that self-awareness to going, know, know what to do and when. Yes. You know, to, to, and not to shut down and to be open, but to give myself a break. I think that is the, this is the other thing that I've learned, which I never thought is, um, like I was saying, that therapist who said to me, God, the shit you've gone through, you know, it's, no, it's no wonder in those situations you're getting panic attacks. Or, so one of those situations you're getting depressed, I was like, yeah, actually, God, you know what? It's a good fucking point. Yeah. And now it's the same thing now that, um, you know, uh, sometimes it's it's giving yourself, giving myself a break and going, you know what? It's all right. Yeah. It's, it's okay to feel like shit. It's okay that you're finding that hard. My yeah. God, it is incredibly stressful right now. So don't, because the, you know, the real dangerous thing about anxiety and depression is it's a vicious circle. So as you, oh my God, I'm going to panic. Yeah. <laughs> Therefore, you you panic. You panic. Oh, now I'm panicking. Okay, I'm going to panic about panicking. Like, yeah. oh, why am I so, anxious? Oh no, I'm anxious yeah. now. Now I don't know why I'm anxious, but I'm anxious because I was anxious, yeah. and and that's going, and it just keeps going yeah. round and round and round, round and round and round. Okay. And being able to stop that, and it's not really a case of stopping it, but being able to go, oh yeah, there we go. Okay, you're doing that, you twat. Yeah. Okay, let's. <laughs> Um, you know, I think that's the difference, and that self-awareness of also going, okay, do you know what? Let's just take it by today because but let's take it by the hour right now. Yeah. Feeling like let's get through this hour. I'm well done. You know, yeah, absolutely. Going, actually, that, because that's the other thing is you're not you're, you're those scenarios where you get when you talk to your therapist. And, yeah. And I don't know when you get it, but for me, when when someone's nice to me or they talk, God, you're doing, I'm, oh, God, oh yeah. You know, yeah. you're like. I don't deserve that. Um, you do. <laughs> uh, so being able to do that to yourself is the bigger thing, and I'm nowhere near there yet. But but I'm working on it. But Does it make you feel the- strong to be able to do that, or, or empowered to be able to tell yourself, you know what, it's okay. Absolutely, and as I said, I'm I'm not there. Um, I I find that really hard to do, and I find it very hard to. Uh, look back, you know, I've always thought, thought of this as a real failing of my own doing. Um, so I find it very, and, and I know that's not true, but it's very hard to look back on the times where maybe I wasn't present or maybe I reacted in a bad way, or maybe I did too many drugs or too many drink or whatever yeah. to go back and go, okay, well, um, you know, because there's a lot of guilt that comes along with that 
because that is the way you'd react to it. Or why did I have to hide myself away for, for a year of my life when I was that age because I was suffering these such panic, bad panic attacks? God, I missed out on so many things or I missed out on helping people or, yeah. or whatever. Um, so it's a real difficult, it's a very difficult thing to get to that stage, which I hope to one day. Yeah. I'm like, it's all right, you know, well done for fucking getting through it at the end of the day. Yeah. And actually, at the moment, um, you know, I am getting much better at going, okay, you know, you haven't sunk into the same sort of thing. You're also recognising when these things happen and your and the way you react to them. And yeah. that in itself is fucking, you know, good work, you know. Yeah, that is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I think that, as you said, it is difficult and it's hard to get to that place where where you can really truly believe that you're telling, when, you know, you can tell yourself, oh, well done, you did it, but you don't believe it, you know. And it's, no. it's very difficult to get to that place of believing, yeah. oh, well done, you actually did it. Um, and that is that is a massive, a massive thing that a lot of people might think, oh, come on, that's such a small yeah. thing. And it's like, but it's actually that that belief is it, it really it takes its time to kick in. <laughs> um, that, that is the biggest if you can get to that cathartic level of being able to forgive yourself and be kind to yourself and, and do it. You know, that is what I absolutely long for. I'd, I'd hate to sort keep on beating myself up yeah um and i'm doing it less and less and you know that was the real as we were talking about earlier on that circle is it's the same thing so as you were going as i was going through weeks of bad anxiety or bad depression i'd then feel guilty about it and that would yes. make it get worse you know yeah. and so now i don't do that but it's still yeah it's 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 being able to forgive myself and and also give myself a break, you know, that yeah. actually these things do happen and it does go through. Yeah, I mean, it's a real, that's that's the uh, far off dream of where it wants to be. And it's interesting, <laughs> I went into, when I went into my course uh, at the start of January, they, um, I can remember one of the guys on the first day was like, what what, what do you want to get out of this? And, it, and it's very interesting that through these things, there's a lot of people who go into them who aren't ready, you know, yeah. and they can easily recognise that. And there's a lot of people, and they were like, they knew that I was absolutely ready, yeah. but was very lost and didn't know where I was going. So they were kind of like, where do you want to see yourself in a year, in five years? How do you want to be? And I was just like, well, I don't want to be living through this extreme state that I'm going through at the moment. And I also want to be present with my family and, and my friends properly and be able to enjoy it and not waking up every morning and going, right, uh, yeah, okay, it's going to be shit, you know. Yeah actually waking up and going, I've got the confidence now that I am going to be okay. And occasionally it's going to go wrong. So completely switching it over. Yeah. As he was sitting there sort of saying to me, what do you see of that person? Um, it was a really hard thing to do, to do I, because I, I, I'd never been that person. You know, I, yeah. I can't remember, um, uh, I can't remember any part of my life where I wasn't, I mean, when I was, I had a very happy upbringing. Um, and then I think I did clitch into this at sort of age 12, 13, into this way of being a bit of a class clown and yeah. putting on an act to take myself away from myself and to make other people feel better. But since then, you know, it's it's been doing that same thing. We, you know, we always talk about the different masks that you wear for other people and for yourself to get yourself through. Yeah. Um, and so this was a, actually, right, Ed, if you were to take off all these masks and see yourself in a year's time, what would it be like and what you're doing it. So it, it was kind of scary. I think, I think that was a real scary thing for me because I was worried that I'd lose my sense of identity. I was like, well, actually, I've been living with this for so long. Who the fuck am I without it? Am I yeah. this complete person? Yeah. You know, that, that, was, that was in itself anxiety-inducing, you know. It, yeah. It's a, my mind playing with, with with me and going, okay, well, that's something else but to worry actually, about. this is a... Com or also, your mind often, they, they, they say that... Um, being anxious or being de depressed because you've been depressed and anxious for so long, your mind finds that comfortable. Absolutely. Because that's the part the that it's know. taken. So true. Better the devil you know. And, and this kind of the guilt of feeling good is 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 amazing. You know, it, it does do this 
do you deserve to feel like that it's you know it yeah. it will play with your mind in every single way it's amazing how it, it, it does it it's terrifying but yeah, it's, guilt is a it, guilt is the most useless emotion oh my god you know it, it, it's remarkable <laughs> for me but it's um but it is really interesting how slowly the you know and this is this we're nearly a year old now from that intense therapy at the start yeah um, and it's interesting how it's evolved. You know, that, uh, bit by bit, I'm just learning. Oh, actually, right there, there's another thing. And as you said, right, let's chuck that into the toolkit. We spoke to Georgie yesterday, and she deals with that. And that let's chuck that into the toolkit. Maybe I can offer that to that person because, do you know what I mean? It's slowly, yeah. slowly building up that arsenal. And also, but for for me, I think the most crucial thing about it is recognizing these things. So yes. I had no idea before that. Uh, my guilt on doing that or my guilt after doing that was inducing that and vice versa and yeah. so now I recognise it. it kind of that's halfway to to helping stop it you know absolutely it's amazing it doesn't matter it doesn't stop it still happening but when yeah. you recognise your actions and your reactions are because of that and, and also my relationships with other people you know that I'm doing that knowing the back backlash that I'm going to get from it yeah um, so kind of self-destructing by in, in, inducing these conversations or inducing these arguments or whatever it may be you know it's it is it's fascinating and, and uh, sometimes like fuck did I really do that or fuck yeah. act in that way how the hell am I going to change that and, and yeah. but you know recognising it slowly slowly I'm building up something more on it and it, oh, it's, it's yeah yeah Talking about it is great, isn't it? But that talking, talking about your toolkit, what is in your toolkit to go, like, what's your go-to for your, in your toolkit that really helps you? I mean, the interesting to think, so, you know, it's it's how that toolkit has changed, I think, is interesting. So if oh, evolved. Back, yeah. If you, if you went back to, you know, before my first um, proper looking at it, my toolkit was get pissed or go and hide and watch friends yeah. or, or, you know, lock the door or go and sit in the loo. For some reason, loos for me haven't been very prevalent over very the years. Very comforting places. Yeah, well, it's really weird because, I mean, it used to be that you go and I'd go in there to do drugs when I was younger. It used to be when I would have panic attacks, I'd go and hide in them. Yes. Um, and so they become this, you know, weird thing that has been a place of, um, safety for me over the years so there are all those things and things you know like watching shitting TV or hiding under the duvet or it, it was never something uh, um, all those tools that were before were never something beneficial to you it was always hiding from it or white knuckling from it yeah. you know, taking a Xanax taking a Valium to calm myself or a drink to calm yourself whatever it may be it wasn't talking about it or going out for a walk or actually engaging with it and working out what's going through. And, and part of the um, cogn cognitive behavioural therapy that I did yeah. is the fact that actually you have to sometimes sit with it. Yeah. You know, that when, when you're going through it, when it's happening, you have to sit there and go, hey, I'm not scared of this. This is, this is normal. This is a normal reaction and I'm going to sit with it and, and let it happen and I'm not going to die. You know, yeah. I'm not going to go completely mad. And, and sitting there with this, there was a particular therapist who specialises in it and kind of going, okay, well, yeah, I and she's trying to induce it to come on, which is terrifying. Yeah. Um, but then she's just sitting there saying, listen, Ed, let's go through all your parts. You know, you haven't gone mad. You're not going to go mad. You're not going to die. This is purely, it's purely in your head. And we, we did lots of really interesting things where, you know, she would sit... We sat down and, and she said, so uh, think about your knee. Yeah. So we do sort of 10 minutes talking and thinking about my knee. And then she goes, does your knee feel quite hot now and a bit stiff? And I was like, yeah. She goes, well, that's bullshit. How that's not fucking possible. Your <laughs> mind can't make you have a hot knee, Ed. You know? and, and, it's, <laughs> and it's kind of amazing to get your click your head around. Like, oh, Christ. So I am actually causing that yeah. completely in my head. This yeah. And so you can do it. Um, you know, and I realised just how much I did it in, in regards to illness and making myself feel ill because it completely psychosomatically. Yeah. And so all of those tools that I thought were working and, and were doing it were just prolonging 
or 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 making it even worse. Yeah. Now I think you know, as I said, the the lifelines, the talking. But for me, I think the most important. I mean, those really are ninety percent of it. But that ten percent is really crucial for me is the awareness. Yeah. Um, so the awareness of okay, that's that's the the first thing in my toolkit. Okay, this is happening. This is okay. Yeah. So let's be aware of it, and then let's react with something else in our toolkit. So be that. Let's go and listen to a podcast about this. Be that. Let's go yeah. and talk to someone direct as soon as possible. Let's go and see our therapist. Let's talk to a lifeline. Let's go for a walk. Yeah. You know, whatever it may be. Um, that first bit is, oh, there you go. This is happening. Let's react to it. Yeah. I think having, do you, I don't know if you have like a typical list of that that you might go through one before the other or do you sometimes pick different things that uh, or you kind of know okay right now I don't uh, I don't know say talk to a lifelines number one or talk to or maybe that's number three and uh, going for a walk is number one do you have a, a kind of I think routine? the um, I mean there's things I think for me the routine is probably is very important to me so I have a routine of that I get up at a certain time that I try and do meditation in the morning which by the yeah. way I'm not good at <laughs> you know, for me that that's completely out of my comfort zone but I, uh, but it's different and I have a great friend who I do it with who where it's more he does a sort of guided meditation but it's 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 purely breathing however yeah. it does make a difference for oh me. it helps I, so much I, I, no, I, I was you know I would have stuck two fingers up to anybody who would go come on, this will help you. Um, and it's not a matter of, it, it would not help me in the midst of it. I can't stop myself in the middle of the panic attack and calm myself down by breathing, although I'm sure it does for some people. But doing it every single day and having that routine of doing that and spending that hour by myself later in the day, yeah. that for me is, is um, I can't remember who it was who told me this, but it said, you know, it's much better to be proactive than reactive to this condition. So if you're constantly giving yourself those little positives, um, it is going to help when the negatives come. So I think that the first thing I go go through in my arsenal is is definitely keeping to those routines every day. Yeah. So whether you're doing at half an hour in the morning of doing that and having half an hour's walk in the, in the afternoon, um, you know, of course, it's very difficult to keep that up, and life gets in the way. But oh, those yeah. where you have to try and be, um, I think it's really important, especially when you're first struggling, to be selfish on, on those certain things because in they build up, and it does. It, although you don't think it completely straight away is helping you, yeah. After a couple of weeks of doing it, it does. It, it's a sort of continuity that you know, and, yeah. and for also along with that. Um, I know three times a week there are these meetings which are online, which are regarding panic and anxiety disorder. Yeah. And, and, and don't get me wrong, you know, some weeks I don't go to any of them. I might not go for a couple of weeks, but the fact that I know that they're, that they're on mm. is really helpful. So you, once again, it's that routine. There's a lot of anxiety and a lot of depression. Um can centre around when, you know, you're out of control and I'm a complete and utter control freak. Um, <laughs> and, and that's a bad thing because, of course, one can't control other people's actions or, or the world's actions and so that leads into your anxiety. But knowing that I've got those um, things that help me and I'm doing them for myself every day but I've got them if I need to go and have a listen to people. Yeah. And then, so that for me comes first that I've got all of those because people, you know, your lifelines, people are busy. Yeah. Sometimes you can't get a hold of people. Sometimes you can't do that. Oh. You know, so but there's nothing wrong with calling up and leaving an answer yeah. and saying, I feel like shit, just wanted to talk about it. So yeah. I'm feeling like this why it is. There's still nothing wrong with that because you're still emoting it and getting it off your chest in some way. Yeah. But I think, yeah, yeah, that routine, that self-care, that selfishness. Um I hate calling it selfishness, but you know, just that self-care. And then on to my lifelines and on to my routine. Those those are the things that kind of, if I don't keep going, um, you know, is, is will make life more difficult. For me. Yeah. It's amazing to be able to know that 
those things that they're quite small things that can really help make a massive impact on your day and on how you're feeling and what you can then potentially do with your with your day and go on to do things that you absolutely love doing but yeah no, and that, i think it really used to it used to piss me off in uh, in treatment that this, one of the therapists was like okay you're feeling like you're feeling awful you're feeling very panicky like just try and keep on going through today don't don't go upstairs and lie down and, and turn on the TV or don't, you know, just try, even if you're going to these things and you don't even say anything. Yeah. You know, if you're therapy and don't say anything, don't, don't, and trust me, it will help. And yeah. she was right. You know, it does, as hard as it fucking is, it does help, these little things. And even if you don't think to do it, and I find it with Chloe and with lots of our friends, if I could, if I could see sometimes that they're, feeling a bit low or feeling that things are tough, you know, going and doing for her, doing some Pilates or yoga, just absolutely, she comes back, oh my God, I can't believe I didn't fucking want to do that. I feel amazing yeah. now. Yeah, it happens and, yeah. to me all the time. <laughs> yeah, and that, that for me doesn't really work. I don't have that reaction when I do those sort of things. However, yeah. um, I can see by doing the smaller versions of those every day, that uh, after a week, I'm like, fuck. Yeah, that really, you know, just doing that, just spending 15 minutes on FaceTime with my friend doing breathing exercises every morning and going myself for a little 15-minute walk in the afternoon. As much as I didn't want to do that, and if I keep it going, my God, it makes a difference. I mean, it really... Those small really, things really. that really help. It, it makes yeah. a massive difference. And as you said, it, it gives you that routine, and, and routine is is hugely responsible for feeling as if you're in control and the lack of control really like for me it's not knowing what i'm going to have for dinner tonight it's a very small thing but it's that lack of routine throughout the week of what what and who's going to be cooking dinner exactly it really messes me up run run wild on these tiny little details but lots all of them adding up becomes a very uncontrollable situation and it, and it's difficult because I'm learning the fact that I cannot control all, all of these different things I, I used to think that was the way to deal with this the way to deal with my anxiety and everything was keep everything under control keep everybody yeah. under control and therefore it'll be okay but that's you know unfortunately that is not life there's no way of controlling all these different things and I mean the last two years are absolutely tantamount proof to how that how you know life can suddenly throw a curveball at you um, and with Chloe being sick and stuff like that, you know, there was nothing I could control in doing that. I yeah. could control in, in the way I react to it. Um, so it's interesting, you know, it, it's, it's, and for me, it's really, and like you, I could wind myself up terribly about worrying those sort of things, but calming down and recognizing it and going, okay, why am I feeling like that? And actually, what's the worst that can fucking happen? Yeah. Maybe I actually go and have the conversation. I can come to a decision. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe if I just send a message saying who's cooking dinner tonight, it would be fine. It's but fucking I remarkable, isn't it? If you literally just go, I'm going to cook dinner tonight. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Ah, problem solved. Yeah, <laughs> no, so it's 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 having those. But yeah, I mean, I, it, I've I've had 35, 30, well, thirty years, twenty five, thirty years of of deciding things in that fashion and worrying about them like you, you just des- described rather than going, hello, who wants to cook dinner? You know, yeah. these yeah. easy scenarios that I don't know why we put ourselves in this situation. I don't know, but it is absolutely, you think to yourself, what is going on? What is going on? <laughs> yeah, it's quite remarkable. It, hindsight is, is an amazing thing. And I look back now and think, oh my God, what, what was I... Why did I put that all on myself? What was I doing there? And how would I think I would even be able to deal with it all? Yeah. But in the moment, you, you know, you're not thinking about that. You're just, that's the way we're trained. Yeah. And I think that's the, this is the, you know, this is the big thing about this. Is this this has been ingrained in me for a long time yeah. to, to behave the way I was. And so changing that was a fucking big deal. And, and that intensive month of January was crucial in being able to help me um, start that to start realizing that it's not going to be there is a better way a much much better way 
then I've been doing this for a long time and and everybody will understand I'm not going to change the person I actually core am yeah and that was a real scary thing for me you know I really did think as you say I'm so used to reacting things in this way and I'm so react and used to fighting and feeling like shit um what am I going to be like when I'm not doing that yeah absolutely yeah, it's been an interesting curve. I know, well, you know, there's going to be a long, long, long time to go, but I can tell you that it, it works. And um, for me, you know, uh, I've had so many amazing uh, scenarios, both good and bad, over the last year, but I've dealt with them in a whole different way and, and have loved every minute of it because of it, which is a, which is a, which is a new thing for me. <laughs> everybody has mental health like everybody has health you know everybody has mental health and a lot of people just think oh mental health it's a it's a taboo subject it's just it's stigmatized isn't it and i don't know if for you potentially um for a long time you maybe didn't talk about it because it was stigmatized because it was a taboo subject and, no, 100%, and also, you know, as I said before, there was this sort of, I had this perception, um, which I think was kind of backed up by society over those years. But I did have this perception that nobody else was going through what I went through. And nobody did yeah. that. So not a man, you know, you had to be a man and get on with it. You went through yeah. like that. Um, so that was, yeah, that definitely held back from uh, being open about it. Um, it, it got to a state, it was so severe when I was 19, 20 that there was no different reaction than I actually had, you know, had to be hospitalised and get help because yeah. of it. But then from then onwards, yeah, it was very much man up, get on with it. You know, you're yeah. all right, not doing this. And then when you hear that for a few times and you kind of see that in society, then you say it to yourself. Um, and so you start thinking, oh, God, and it does seem like a weakness and you, you wind yourself up more about it. And so that sticks with you. I think that was definitely um, a factor which delayed it. Yeah. But also, you know, I think people are different. You know, some everybody do, to, gets various different degrees of anxiety, depression and, and mental health in some shape or form. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes it can be frustrating. You can, have, you can be talking to somebody who has maybe, you know, s- s- turns around to you and goes, oh my God, I had a panic attack the other day. You're like, no, no, no. No, you fucking didn't. You know, you have no idea what a panic attack is like. And, and of yeah. course, I'm not saying that because it's, it's, it's to the degree that it affects somebody. Yeah. You know, and it's not for me to say how much it's hurt or uh, affected their life as, as other things have done my life. It's one of those strange things that the more of it, um, society has changed, it's become less of a stigma. Yeah. The more I've become acutely aware of how many people around me are suffering in some shape or form. Since I did the article, the, the you know, I had hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of, of emails and letters from people who hadn't, who still hadn't spoken up. Yeah. You know, even, even now, Guys and girls who were who were like fuck, you know, I, I I didn't I feel like that, I felt like that, and I didn't want to talk about it, and I'm still dealing with it, yeah. and I still feel there's a stigma attached with it, and and it's not just when the the interesting thing is is even though in the sort of social aspect of the uh, media and whatever it's become more okay, it's okay, and we have to uh, we have to talk about it openly, yeah. It's, it's it that's fine but it and that's amazing and that's what's making a difference but it still took a long time for me to go to myself it's okay to talk about it yeah even though i was seeing other people talking about it and i could you know and i was in therapy and hearing other people talk about it it still took me that time to go you know what you can talk about it stop putting the stigma on yourself mate yeah absolutely and, so it's so i think it's a really hard thing and it's slowly you know it is definitely changing for the good and there is so many different like Halen which I'm helping out with my friend Joe who's doing that and all these different um, new lifelines in a way where, where you can go and and meet to a meet and talk to other people who are going through the same sort of thing and therefore realise okay this is alright I can talk about this this is no matter who you are, from what walk of life, what your sexuality is, what race you are, what religion you are, this is something which 
everybody can agree on it and the stability yeah. effect um, and can find some resolution between each other. And I think that is the most important thing. So, so that for me is what's made a big difference. Giving myself a break to go, okay, this is all right to talk about. Yeah. Is that what um, why you started to get involved with this app, Halen? That- well, I think the, you know, for me, you know, that I, I was, I was slowly killing myself really. Um, and for Will, who my best friend, who who helped me to go onto this course and to do it, yeah, being given that opportunity to to, to be selfish and look at myself properly, made me realise, fucking hell, you know, I, I cannot look a gift horse in the mouth here. This is incredibly important to find out who else is feeling like this and and to talk about it and see if I can help in any other way. And I think that is a natural progression of getting yourself better. Is actually it helps you as well when you're talking to new people who are suffering from the same thing and you're helping them. That in turn helps you because you're finding more people you resonate with. You know? Yeah. So as that continued and then I was concerned in some degree, the effect it would have on my family and myself and my friends when I was going to do the article in the Telegraph about this. But I went ahead with that and it had a very good result. You know, some bad results, but majority are really a amazing result. And from that, um, you know, just before that, talking to Joe, who also suffers, my friend Joe Bates, who suffers from the same sort of thing and, and a lot of mental health disorders, and, and is an amazing guy. And he talked about Halion and how he was wanting to do it. And that's why I wanted to get involved, because it's, it, it's, it's literally, hopefully, giving lifelines to people who don't have those lifelines in their, in their life. Yeah. And it can help in, in lots of different ways. And if you've got a cheaper way and an easier way to be able to talk directly with a therapist or a specialist in that area that you're worried about, yeah. I mean, that can be nothing but good. So, yeah, that's why I kind of got on the back of that because I was given the opportunity and helped by my friend to do this. Yeah. And continued, you know, and thankfully, slightly being in the public realm, I was able to share my experience and to hopefully help other people and it looks like it has and it's just building on that and i want to do as much as i could possibly do on the on that uh, in that area because um yeah what if i if what i've learned can help anybody and, and not have to go through certain stages of my life which were were just awful yeah um, then yeah that's going to be nothing but good come come out of that i think that your article in the Telegraph that I will link for people to read um, was just so open and honest and uh, and also just very um, uh, straight to the point as if that makes sense that like you weren't there was no kind of fluff on top of on top of everything it's it's it just this is no, this so. is what you have <laughs> and this is what you get and this is how it's affected uh, anxiety has affected me and I hope this can help you if you can relate to this uh, you know what I mean <laughs> yeah well I think I think that's I'm hoping that's the point of, of all of this you know you cannot if somebody had tried to dictate to me how I was feeling I would have told them to fuck off straight away you know yeah. it, the thing with this disorder is it affects everybody in some sort of different ways little idiosyncrasies whatever however <laughs> If you can relate to someone or something somebody really says in one tiny little bit, for me, that really helped. You know, and so the first time way back when, just having a psychiatrist who turned around and said, yeah, this is okay. I've seen this a million times before. I was like, what, really? You know, but that for me was very cathartic and brought a huge amount down. Um, And so what I was trying to do was just, as you say, just say, this is what happened to me. if this has happened to you, then maybe this helps in some shape before hearing, hearing that it's okay. You know, yeah. you're not the only one. things will change on that. And, and that was very change. Yeah. yeah, and it, it, it will. You know, this is the point is, it's it's also quite scary because you can go, oh God, it's going to process or whatever. But anything good is worth putting the hard work into it. Absolutely. And, 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 and waiting for it. And yes, you can have you can have immediate amazing results. I certainly did from being very open and talking about it and talking to more people who were suffering from the same thing. But actually, it's been more interesting the longer it goes on at finding these new things. And I'm learning about myself every single day. Yeah. Um, and about other people. And I think that's the, you know, it, it's a it's it's a marathon. 
but it's a good marathon. You know, the, the, there are there are always going to be bad days and shitty miles, but the the majority is much more positive and much more present and much more joyful in life. You know, yeah. which I didn't really think I was I was going to enjoy. I was going to get. I never thought I was going to be like that. Yeah, it's it's amazing to, for you to be able to talk so openly about it, especially after so many years of feeling so trapped in. And, and I can relate to that feeling as well. I, I was so terrified to, to tell mum and dad like how I was feeling, the fact that I, I didn't want to live anymore. Charlie, my sister, was the only person who I'd spoken to about anything and I hadn't told her fully everything I just broke down to her and she helped me originally get through so many things apply to NHS mental health that was a great thing to have access to but didn't help me personally so I went down a private therapy route and and that's when I I got to a point where I need to talk to my parents about this and they, and they helped me so much to give me that stability in my life that I needed to get through such a difficult time um, of still trying to go to work and and live a, no, live be, a normal life. You should be so incredibly proud. You know, it's you know, amazingly courageous to to take that on. And it, it, it's so interesting how you know, you like me, it's it's still that stigma in our own brains that we're not going to talk about what we're going through, to, even to our nearest and dearest. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a very odd thing, and I, and I think it's that kind of, or for me, I can only speak for myself, but I think it was, once again, it was a sort of guilt, or am I letting them down, or am I, uh, are they not going to understand, you know? Yeah. Not, I can't make them, I can't decide that for myself. I always think that's so ridiculous, you know? I don't know how they're going to fucking react. I can only be honest. Yeah. And allow them to react, and, and, and usually, ninety-nine percent of the time, they're going to amaze you and react wonderfully. And, and we yeah. built it in our head so badly that we were doing something wrong, or that we were letting them down, or whatever. But it's a—you know—you should be incredibly proud to 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 take on something as big as this, um, you know. And and I think that's why it is such a solitary, silent killer, is it? Because it, you do feel like you have to do it yourself. So when you actually open up to other people. Yeah, be it your, your closest or or to anybody, you know. And I can't urge people more that that is the route to go down because the, the more you open yourself up, the more you open yourself up to the goodness coming back in from from people's responses, absolutely resonating with you. And then and that builds you up and builds you up and gets you stronger and stronger. Yeah, because we're stronger together. <laughs> right. I know. Yeah, talking about it with other people, it really, really, really helps. It really does, and, and you know, and I certainly within my family, completely different now, but certainly in the past, the thought of going to a therapist or talking to someone else or, or, or sharing with these things like, well, fuck, no, you don't, don't air your dirty linen, you know, don't, we don't talk about these things in public or do do anything like that, and I think learning the fact of just the how important that is and how much it helps, and me realizing that that stigma. It's only in my head, but actually my family are unbelievably supportive on all of it. Um, is a real thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, that's a real, that's a, that's a game changer. It's suddenly, and you know, uh, as you said, you're, you're so close with your brother and your sister, and I'm very close with my brother and my sister, and I can't be closer to my wife. But I was, so, I was even talking to her about it, you know. I was, there yeah. was no me, or, or Will, you know, who's, my soulmate, annoy <laughs> <laughs> Chloe, but you know there was nobody in the world that I was that I was sharing those sort of level of details for. And as you said, even even when you break, you go, you turn to Charlie, and you were like, "I need your help." You didn't fill her in on everything. Yeah. But still, we're still like, "Oh, I've got it." That's still me. I've still got to keep that to myself. I don't want to. I don't want them to realise I'm that bad. Yeah. You know, that was how I was feeling. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want them to think I want to kill myself. I can't. That'll let them down. That'll, you know, it's it's it's, and then that just feeds the depression and the anxiety even more. So it's, I think it's an incredibly courageous thing what you've done is to to come out and to be able to talk about it openly and talk about it, and that will do nothing but help you in the future and, and build it up and continuing to do that. It's it's remarkable. I can only speak from my experience, but. It certainly has absolutely changed life for me to be able to be honest about these all the time. And you you know, you know, you will be a lifeline for me as well. I found that too, just speaking with you when I've said to you how I felt I've learned to become much more honest and not 
worry about telling people, well, actually, I haven't had a good week and to that. Your honesty on that front is, that is the, the most unbelievably crucial thing. And an honour to be able to, you know, that, that you would open up like that. And I find that, for me, if if I could, if I could be completely honest with someone and say, do you know what, actually, I feel like shit today. And it's not, I'm not ill. I, I haven't got a flu. I actually just feel really depressed and really low. And that, that, for me, is a really courageous thing to do. I think it's amazing when you do that. It's just so much better for me to be able to talk about it openly and, and yeah. keep that dialogue going. You know, that is that is the true way out of this. Yeah, it breaks down those boundaries, doesn't it? Oh, Ed, thank you so much for... Don't be ridiculous. Thank you. What a with joy. Me. I, I realised we never even introduced you in the first place because we just started talking to each other. Then <laughs> <laughs> he's going to realise I've known you all your life. Yeah, <laughs> it's known me all my life. <laughs> yeah, um, no, but it's been a joy and I really appreciate it. You know, that, that what you're doing is amazing. What you're talking about is amazing. I think this platform's great. I think the podcast's great. You've got to share it more and more and I will do everything in my power to share it everywhere and, you know, continue doing this because I can tell you the only thing that comes out of all of this is is good. I really, really hope that people can resonate with this and resonate with the fact that it's okay to talk about how you're feeling and actually you can create some amazing relationships with people through talking about how you're feeling absolutely and it's elating it's you know i feel i feel on a on a high right now because we've been sharing and talking about this it's been wonderful and and if someone else resonates Listen, you know, relates to what we've been talking about, and and then feels somewhat better about themselves because of it, and vice versa. Then comments on it or whatever. These things. That is the most crucial thing. Is it slowly has a little bit of effect there, a little bit of effect there. It comes back to us. It goes to other people. This is how mental health can be helped in some shape or form is by unstigmatizing and talking about it and sharing with each other and feeling better. Yeah, and building up our toolkits to to help ourselves. I think that's a fundamental. You can do it. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much, darling. Thank you, Ed. I've really enjoyed talking to you.